I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> or emotions that can sometimes cloud decision-making and can process large amounts of data quickly in order to make the best decisions. Now watch this drive. I just got back from the bar, actually. Oh, great. You're not taking no. this seriously at all. No, I, I thought you were getting driving. drunk at home. Yeah, I asked if they had the kitchen open. I asked if the yeah. kitchen was open, and they said, uh, I can make you french fries. And I said, sold. So that was my dinner. All right, well... For the listeners, I see a new face. It's Elizabeth joining us. We Hello. apologize to everyone. This is our the first woman on the podcast. So, For congratulations. Shame, <laughs> we should be shamed. We should listeners, be shamed. I, I, tried, I fought it. I tried, just, to, I tried to fight it. We just it don't listener, have a lot but, of uh, women friends. But I beat him they, in a they, cage match. We did, so we did crack weird. jokes like we should ask like completely <laughs> irrelevant to being a woman questions about like, so from a woman's perspective, how does it feel to write on paper, you know, or something stupid like that, but... I can't it hurts think of anything. Hands, As a woman, gonna... what are your thoughts on 9-11? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch this drive. No. no. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So analyst and writer, right? Mm -hmm. That's the things that keep you from dying on the streets of poverty? Yes. Writing's more for feeding my soul part. And then yeah. uh, work is uh, data analyst. I'm in digital marketing, too, and branching into data visualization, which is really yeah, interesting. That sounds so boring. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> just a world full of spreadsheets and color coding. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> so do you analyze marketing campaigns, like their optimization and usefulness and how well they oh, do yeah. it? And all that? Okay. Mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. That and then just also uh, analyzing general, like organic web traffic, different things like that. Sorry, my dog is super present right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm That's sure it's fine. fine. It's completely distinguishable from Carl's usual presence on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you whimper and cry at the neighbors, Carl. Wow. I, you know, we're not allowed to talk about sometimes. Carl's neighbors. I'm in an yeah. HOA and they yeah, complain about some stuff. So I have some enemies in this neighborhood. I don't even know who it is, but they're all my enemies with a note point. tied to it. Yeah, telling me to leave this place or something. Yeah. All right. So you work kind of in marketing. Do you work with programmers at all for the, like um, the SEO side of things, or not as much? Not as much. Although congratulations. I would yeah. yeah <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. In the data visualization realm, there it would be cool to do some collabs with a. Uh, sorry, uh, with uh, with a programmer at some point, but no, I don't usually work with programmers in my in my day to day at the moment. For programmers, for people who have to make this stuff, uh, a lot of the – we talk about this a lot. Half the job is re-explaining things to people who don't really want to know uh, what you're explaining to them anyways. I don't know if you resonate with that at all on, on that side of things. I assume a big part of your job is taking really complex stuff and, like, distilling it down for, uh, like, the, the business stakeholders. Yeah, so uh, this is something that I – 
I do kind of deal with all the time. You get very used to talking shop. I'm sure this is common for you all as well. A lot of our work is translating it so that it's approachable and anyone can understand. Often that also entails explaining how things work. Like we can't magically produce certain things if we're not setting up the proper tracking or say you don't have analytics implemented on your site or, or whatever. Like there are like all those nuts and bolts pieces that people just assume sometimes <laughs> magically occur. Like the EU has passed a lot of data privacy things that we're mm -hmm. lagging behind on in the and US. GDPR and yep. yep. With something like Google, we're the audience and the product, right? So offering up that much information, even if they anonymize it for like the end user, like someone who's using their analytics platform, they still get the raw data. Trying to think through all of those things. And of course, they don't really let you see behind the curtains. So trying to be proactive yeah. about data privacy in an ever-changing landscape. Yeah. For our own stuff, we recently started using PostHog. I know this is getting really in the weeds for a lot of our listeners, but, you know, hey, we got to talk about technology once in a great while. This is Drew's doing because he refused to implement a first tag manager and secondarily Google Analytics or, or anything like that. I don't like know. That you you talk about how I refuse to do things and just because, like, I threaten violence. I don't think that means I'm refusing. <laughs> it was He's weird that you had shirts made about, about, about it, base. but, you know, yeah, he did. felt strongly. Yeah, so. It's a couple shirts. Drew or Randy actually just put this in our chat channel that using Google fonts from a CDN is not GDRP compliant. The EU is suing Google right now um, yeah. for like $250 billion or something like that yeah, because for, for doing that very thing. According to GDPR, you can't send citizens of the EU their information overseas. So technically their IP is flowing overseas because technically they're being served content from a data from center the CDN, overseas. Yeah. Yeah, so you can still download the fonts, though, and use it, them. It's just that yeah. you can't use it via CDN. But the exactly. fonts themselves aren't HIPAA compliant. Yeah, unless right? you can connect, unless you can ensure that you're connected to a EU data center. So you can also do a proxy. As long as you don't end up sending any potentially personally identifiable information to a third party without the user's consent. Uh, and in the case of the Google Fonts CDN, that's literally just because the browser will load up and then there's a script tag or a link tag in the, the head of the, the web page, and then that makes the request to Google Fonts. So it's the, the browser communicating directly with the third party. And then, of course, Google can grab their, their IP address. Mm -hmm. very similar situation with Google Analytics, although that's the one that gets talked about more because it's much more explicitly designed for, for yeah. tracking things. But it's, it's in, just in principle, you're still setting information. Yeah. The trouble with all of it is that if you have a server in your basement, in America and someone's hitting it, technically you're exchanging information. It, it gets a little loose in my eyes. If you're very literal about the actual transfer of like say an IP, which is PII technically personal identifiable. But you, but the funny thing about that is that you can't connect to the internet without yeah. transmitting yeah. your IP. Address. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, yeah. Of course it's an aggressive set of regulations, mm -hmm. the heart's in the right place, right? Because companies are taking advantage of, of people and something does have to change with regard to how our information is being kind of bought and sold all over the place. It certainly can be very concerning for smaller companies and even for larger companies like TikTok, for example, like they, they cost them billions of dollars a year because they have to like maintain entirely separate teams that process data independently in the EU than how they process it from other regions. They have to do it in the US now too, because they have to have that, that data center in Texas or whatever that they set up. I didn't hear about this. What, what was Yeah, yeah ByteDance set up a, an entire, when the, f the first threats during the Trump administration, the first threats against TikTok started occurring. Mm -hmm. They were talking about sale to Oracle. In the interim, their, they set up a data center. Operations? 
Yeah, yeah. they set up a data center specifically for U.S. operations. Interesting. I think it's in Texas. I might be wrong about that, but yeah, yeah. The the uh, the CEO that um that gentleman that had a stand in front of Congress, he uh he outlined all that during his deposition. One of the other huge issues with all of it is how intentionally opaque it is. It's not transparent. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not working in it, even even working in it, it is ridiculous how sticky all of the tracking is. The triple redundancies and people who aren't aware of it or aren't in it, like, you know, you're giving up information all the time. Even people who are aware of it are giving up information all the yeah. time. So, and I think the laws yeah. are catching up in a lot of ways, but they're mm-hmm. not. The tech is moving faster than the legal system. So, yeah, for sure. And it is. I think a lot of people assume that, uh, oh, you know, it's all anonymized and it's, it's, you know, whatever it's, but if you see any of the demos that some of the shadier players will kind of give to the, their clientele, the information that you just kind of passively give up in your day-to-day activities, I'm not trying to freak anybody out. It can be used to like, you could be found the route that you take to work where your kids go to school, like all of these things. And if you're not a high profile type of person, then yeah, generally that stuff's not going to get used explicitly against you. But it should certainly, I think, make you think uh, a little bit more about yeah, how I have all a close this, friend this that works in a woman's shelter. These are the tools where you'll have a boyfriend or a husband or some other man, <laughs> always sure. a man, yeah. stalking someone. They confiscate their phones when they admit themselves into the into the facility and everything. It's like serious. I mean, and it's not just in software. I mean, there's all kinds of weird, twisted ways in which people get a hold of it. And that's what I was thinking, like, the HIPAA stuff, they recently broadened the rules to IP address. So as a health website, you shouldn't have Google Analytics on your website, for instance, because even though it's not capturing the visitor's IP address, it's still accessible in some ways. And if you think about it in terms of like back to the woman shelter thing, what if you had some woman who's trying to terminate a pregnancy or something and you have a boyfriend that doesn't want that to happen and they're like or a governor that doesn't want that to happen yeah well yeah i I was thinking more of a personal relationship but i mean like stalking someone's behavior on the internet and getting access to that and like giving that i mean yeah it's it's scary stuff you're 100 percent correct there's a lot of really terrifying ways that can be used for stalking even i mean even just location services which may seem obvious but sharing location that is actually like confiscation of the phones because it is it's a way that predators will take advantage of it and as this dystopian hellscape expands and people want to know a lot of health information about reproductive rights and gender affirming care when roe was overturned the flurry to delete your period tracking apps like all of this stuff because now and i can't remember which state it was i'm gonna bet some money on florida or texas recently with using databases of people seeking gender affirming care or getting gender affirming care in order to target them there's so much really nefarious and cruel stuff that's being written into the law now even data that's supposed to be protected if the law changes there really isn't protection and because capitalism is a disease if anyone can make any sort of like money over your, exactly. you know, <laughs> from your information, regardless, it's really sad. There's such amazing potential for all of this to be so, when I think about the good that, for example, social media can do, like around organizing mm-hmm. or things like that, look at how Twitter is tanking, right? I'm sure yeah, Twitter's a perfect a example for that. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like dumpster fire, you know, but when Twitter was, I mean, it was never not without its issues, but when it was in its heyday, 
so to speak, it was crucial for organizing a lot of social justice movements and things like that. Yeah, so the there's Arab such Spring, huge... that was like, I that mean, was where it happened. Yeah. The police brutality, uh, uh, you yeah. know, marches and, yeah, and all of those things. Stuff, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. in, and crucial for that. And now it's just, it's been overtake. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but those privacy things, all of those things, when there's no impetus on the side of the... <laughs> the uber wealthy who hold the strings there to protect any sort of rights that you have. I think Elon Musk it's has, all our, a danger has our, zone. He's got us in his heart. Free he's got speech, one of those. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing where people don't really realize they're giving up their data half the time is just silly things like exercising apps. Everybody that is running or jogging or, or biking or something like that has Map My Run or Run Keeper or any of those things, and those things just track your location the whole time they tell you where you started and you don't necessarily you don't have to set it to where it's public but i feel like a lot of people mm -hmm. kind of i think it yeah, carl you sure run by the I same think book depository have that set there already uh, i sure do another thing that i feel like is kind of problematic with those type of things too is the social media craze none of these apps are just apps to you know help you get in shape or anything they're all social media let your friends know how you ran. Even Venmo, for crying yeah, out loud, has a social media payment and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to know that I just paid like some random dude to mow my lawn? At the end of the day, though, too, it's all still information gathering. Again, yeah, like we are the product. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, yeah for sure, it's very Matrix when you think about it a lot. It is very or, interesting <laughs> to uh, figure out what types of keywords will cause the uh, like Venmo security team to send you a nasty email <laughs> when you. <laughs> Send people money. What works? Uh, free Palestine. Uh, <laughs> they they, they oh, don't yeah, like yeah, that for some go. reason. Yeah. yeah. Facebook's or Meta is getting sued by uh, the FDIC, right, for financial disclosure from like, actually TurboTax is one of the safe ones, but H&R Block and uh, what's the other one? The tax preparer stuff. Oh, yeah. They just sold like all that, that stuff just, to Meta just stuff. Recent, That lawsuit was just, or the uh, investigation was just started I by the FDIC. I thought TurboTax was part of it. No, TurboTax is actually the only quote-unquote good one that isn't They've never done anything that. wrong. I'll, I'll yeah. say by that. They're, they're a perfect company. They've they never... also, uh, their former CEO is uh, the chair of the FDIC right now. I don't, I think oh, it's just oh, a, yeah. oh, coincidence. Just a coincidence. I'm, I'm making that up. I'm making uh, that up, people. Don't. <laughs> don't repel through my windows it's but, awesome but look at how like, quickly we all thought that's probably true <laughs> like, yeah probably it's probably true. probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever the thing that's so i think discouraging about all of this stuff is that everyone is kind of on the same page about how, yeah no they're they're like absolutely farming us like we're being absolutely yeah. destroyed from every possible angle and we can't really do anything about it but we've all got stuff to lose so we can't really be all that mad about it so oh, and i suppose this exposes my garbage person side but I still go back to, to TikTok, even though I know, I know yeah. how bad it is. I don't know. There's this sort of like nihilistic part of me that's just like, yeah, but that algorithm gets me, man. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't like admitting that because I know, I know it is, a, it is a terrible system. I am not a huge social media fan, really, or like, I don't really use much of it, but these guys will send me TikToks. Oh yeah. I love TikTok. And then I will... Yeah. watch one or two of them because usually there's like 10 that i've missed and next thing you know i'm just scrolling later. through all these things <laughs> and it's four hours later at one yeah. in, one in the morning and i'm like where did the time where go yeah right and, and, and it's, it's stupid designed stuff that way that, yeah. it's 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 stuff that i don't even care about yeah. it's like yeah. how to do plumbing or yeah. like 
inspectors inspecting like construction jobs for some reason i got home loaded the home, with the home inspectors are the greatest yeah yeah i i feel Poking like screwdrivers I, through wood you're like yeah ah. i feel like i somehow got <laughs> the algo got me as like a construction dude or something because like that's all i get on the main thing it's, it's just working, like isn't it weird construction videos hey, is it working no <laughs> well, then why do you keep watching it? Yeah, it is. It is. It is working. I mean, I did find this one guy that finds like dumb hacks for like things that he never knew, and he just kind of says, "What?" No yeah, I've, I've even been exposed to that. <laughs> and guy, I love yeah. that guy because yeah. he's so funny. Like, I mean, I just Wait. love hearing him say it. Yeah. I don't even care really what he's doing. It's just, it's like hearing him. I feel like I told TikTok pretty early on that I like cat videos drag queens and social justice and that's like my feed (laughs) is there any uh tiktoker that has synthesized all three of those things effectively Mm, you know honestly (laughs) honestly probably some of my favorite drag queens yes they probably do because there's a lot of cat owners in the drag i could see a Venn (laughs) with drag queens and cat ownership being a a lot of hairless cats i can't remember what kind of cats there are but i I, see that too yeah yeah doesn't go with your costumes with the drag queens you like watching the the shows or like anything like that or do you like the music too Uh, i'm a huge fan of drag pop okay (laughs) i didn't know that was a thing so, oh yeah, I listen to it all the time. It's, I'm just he- hearing this for the I'm first gonna give time. I'm going to a couple today. reasons. We used to live, listen to it at Embark, but really? um, oh yeah, well okay. early in the morning. And, oh um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, before yeah. I got there and shut it off. Yeah, the reason I like it is just one, it's fun for the big it but, got in. But two, it's just it's I dirty. Listen, I it's so dirty. Stuff. The music is so dirty. <laughs> And it's just hilarious sometimes. They're just so bad. So, it's one of I don't my know, favorite that's why I love things. About, so I'm I'm more on the periphery of the of the drag like music, although I have listened to some. But yeah, forget Elon Musk. RuPaul gets all my money. So so like watched all of the international drag races, supporting local drag. We're talking about all the stuff in the context too of like politics and and oppression and all of mm-hmm. those things. And drag is a protest and it's an art form. And you're right. One of the best things about it is that it can be very serious but it's often hilarious and absurd and yeah that's fun i mean I, what's I, i'll what's stop it? talking about drag because i could talk about drag for like nine hours and you'd be like why did I, we i'm here for it none of us are i mean wasn't that kind of the whole thing behind twisted sister they did it as kind of a protest the snyder um yeah I, well, I mean it was it was rooted in glam which is rooted in like t-rex and david bowie which is actually related to in a very strange way was related to like f- the folk movement of the 60s um, definitely so, gender bendy i i don't know yes. enough about about twisted sister yeah it is a lot of gender bendy but the glam movement is when artists would start you know with androgynous kind of looks and wearing makeup and glitzy and clothes and what have you and then that kind of transferred into punk which then spurred the whole like hair metal you know motley crew david bowie you know that's a great example too mm-hmm. like anything yeah. that challenges the patriarchy right with the oh, with yeah. the like established you must fit into this box x y and z so you know seriously like, i could talk about drag for yeah 100 I mean, years like ziggy stardust the whole secondary persona was explicitly androgynous like the name mm-hmm. ziggy like, it was a purposeful archetype that they were creating i would definitely root it in mark bolin of t-rex which is a contemporary of david bowie i think he was probably the uh, catalyst for it velvet underground even had a little bit to do with it as well because you know the andy warhol scene and stuff there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on which actually probably could be a good segue to album on display because we're talking about music 
Well, this good. is not anywhere even close to fitting within that. This is <laughs> also not very difficult. Definitely not drag pop. <laughs> this is like a very quote unquote normal. Is that a, Pic- is that a Picasso? Singer. What is that? <laughs> One of the singles on this had a video that has a um, Spanish flamenco dancer. It's a fabulous video, but yeah, that's about it. It's about as close as it gets. I already know what this is. I don't know much. I mean, about... you can read it. I'm sure, you can. Read it. Well, I know the album. Yeah, I don't know much about indie music, so when you were bringing up that this was like a, a feature on the show, I just was coming up with just made-up band-aids albums because yeah, I don't know. Let's like, do it. Yeah. Let's, like, uh, let's let Elizabeth describe the album for our listeners this time. Yeah, we're supposed to... A lot of people listen to the to the podcast, so oh, they don't have the benefit it. of yes. video, so we have to describe it initially. Okay, listeners, um, it is a square-shaped record, like you would expect, with a sort of mustard yellow background uh, with some tonal variation. I have bad eyesight, even though I'm super close to this screen, so I can't read the words on it. But there are... Good, good, good. <laughs> there are... Uh, there's white uh, lettering at, across the bottom. Uh, not not cursive or anything, just sort of... Block uh, lettering. All, ca- all caps. Uh, and then there is, I believe that's like a Doberman, like a painted Doberman pincher dog. I'm going to choose to say its mouth is open in happiness, like it's turning around and being like, hey! Um, so yeah, so that's the album cover. Yeah. yeah, Doberman, but it doesn't look like it has clipped ears. It looks like its ears are actually down, which no, is good. It's it good was allowed Doberman to thrive in it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Correct. That's why he's so happy. Yeah. Yeah. For this album, I... I feel like they should have gone with like a different dog. Like, yeah, yeah, more like, like a German like a, uh, Shepherd or something like God that. Damn it, Carl! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to just say it, Carl? Uh, it's not the Shepherd's dog or something like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> do, you, do you know the artist though? Uh, Iron, Iron. Can you try one more time yeah. with a little more enthusiasm? It's Iron and Wine, Shepherd's Dog. Iron and Wine is probably most famous for doing that Postal Service Such Great Heights cover, like an acoustic folky cover of that. Not heard that. Anyway, you, you may have heard it. Even if you don't think up. you've heard it, you probably have heard it in some, like, it was probably in a Chevy ad or something. But this is actually a little bit of a departure from what typically Iron and Wine is a solo act. What is the gentleman's name? Sam Beam? Is that? No, I gotta look it up. This is uh, your Sam Beam. Yeah, Sam, I, I, I nailed Sam it. Sam Beam and Brian Duck. Yeah, but it's really Sam Beam. Nonetheless... He's a solo folk singer-songwriter guitarist, mainly acoustic. But this is a little bit of a departure from his typical stuff, which is exactly what I just described. More like singer-songwriter, single microphone, maybe very minimal instrumentation, maybe a couple like string instruments, maybe a little piano. This actually it almost reminds me of Paul Simon percussion, where it's a lot of like world music, quote-unquote percussion, where you have like some Caribbean stuff like steel drum and all kinds of different approaches to instrumentation different rhythms and stuff and it's really really good this is my favorite album by that artist that wasn't anything close to what i was guessing i was prepared with things like supernova by the wandering womb you know whatever that's, that's a good band i like that that's band. Yeah, yeah. that came out in 1988 um it's a mm-hmm. glasgow mm-hmm. yeah uk it was know. unexpected you know for the time <laughs> but it's totally new stuff for sure still has a cult following today that cover is a lot more creepy than it looks the shepherd's dog yeah, because I feel like the camera and the distance is luring it a little, so it looks mm-hmm. very clean. But yeah, it's messy and got that crazy eye thing going on. Like a on. fever dream close-up? Like that yeah. big yellow circle is like some crazy eye. Oh, oh yeah, much different than what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like the wild right. eyes. 
dog is not yeah. happy. It no longer looks like a Doberman to me, though. I don't know what it I looks think, like. I think it looks like a Doberman. Dobermans usually like Doberman have the really, mange. the really, they have thinner snouts usually. Yeah, he's got a thin snout. It looks like a Doberman without clipped ears. Let's move on to AI. The artist was actually Dolly 2. Oh, yeah, perfect. It's, uh, um, what's the other one? Mid-Journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's new lawsuits, which is probably a phrase that we're going to be saying a lot in the next 10 years. New lawsuits. This one's focused on ChatGPT and Meta and Google, I think. Quite a few. Two different lawsuits, both, both represented by the exact same law firm, both going after the inputs of LLMs. So basically, they're accusing these LLMs of training on copyrighted materials. Sarah Silverman, the comedian, is one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. There's also quite a few other writers. One of them had a book that was repurposed into a movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Was, it, was that the one where the names. beach makes you old? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I can't even remember. I'm screwing that part up because that's not even important to the story. Wait, the story that, was, basically... that was M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, so the movie where the beach makes you old. Do you know about this? You, you, yeah, you I've, I've this watched one? it. It was terrible. It was yeah, like, yeah, how could it be terrible? The beach makes you old. God damn yeah, it, people, people just like died. Yeah, all it, it was hilarious. And they were like I, nine. I don't know why you couldn't like that. Yeah, it was just. <laughs> Carl, did you did you not see the part where maybe you didn't? Maybe you thought there was like maybe movie magic. The no, the they actually they were aging visual. much faster. No, for sure. No, I, they're aging I, much I faster the dr- than you would expect them. I, I, I don't saw know if you the director's cut. Part. Yeah, and because because of the beach they were on, it was making them old. Did you, did you not? I really didn't. No, no, that's, that's a Leonardo that DiCaprio sh- movie called The Beach. No, it's not. Did that one make them old? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> different didn't at all. And that's I not didn't know good. it was M Night Shyamalan though. Okay, sorry. Well, I don't even that's know if twist. it's the same movie that, the that we're talking about here. I'm just saying that's a thing that was. Shouldn't that have was said it. Shouldn't it. have talked about my boy M Night. Uh, a lot it's of just this called is old. targeted that's at these things called called old. Yep. These things yeah. are called shadow libraries. It is M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, oh that's one where the you old. Based on a French language Swiss graphic novel. Yep. Randy, I can, that's the I can guy. see you. I can see you trying to. Hurt that's it fine. In. They do this. It's fine. I, I either that's do this to I them or it. they do this to me. That movie was terrible. <laughs> Bibliotech, Library Genesis, Z Library. These are a lot of like free libraries. Essentially, they they kind of sound like file sharing for manuscripts for books supposedly chat gpt specifically got like hold of these and just scanned everything which is like thousands upon thousands of books um and the reason the authors think that this happened is because if you ask chat gpt specifically for a summary of say sarah silverman's um bedwetter it will give you a very perfect cliff notes version of it what are the damages that are being sought copyright infringement obviously also uh potential lost profits the idea being uh, that you could just go to this service and ask for all of the that's why same it's, content. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but I don't think you're going to be able to sue because it's not recreating your work. It's not like you can get a free version of Bedwater from ChatGPT. Yeah, it's almost like if Randy read this book and I asked him and for a summary he and, for he, a review. and he's got that steel trap brain and he would just give me a perfect summary of it much like he does with all of his music history stuff well the, the danger the but danger here's, there here's, is that here's, you now okay, have let to me, establish let me be the that, sentience of a machine let me be devil's advocate here does it really matter what the output is if it illegally grab the input you know no i mean what's illegal anymore it's just it's just gonna cost all, um these like, sites you, you know if you do, do you mean do you mean what does it cost <laughs> No, I mean, if like if you if you give it a membership to one of these sites and no, you know, they're, not, tech, they're like BitTorrent. Well, then who uh-huh. really broke the law? Is it ChatGPT or is it the people that put it up on BitTorrent? I think if you if you come one, into one can the possession say. of a stolen something, you still have to give it back. Yeah, you have to give it back, but you can't give something back that you've read. Is this similar to the graphic 
artist, you know, the, the image generators and things like that were, you know, artists are getting pissed, rightfully so, right, about their work being used to produce these different things. And if someone ends up making revenue off of that, like that could be, if it's your livelihood, I can see that being a legit claim. So this sounds like sort of a text version-ish of ish mm -hmm. of that, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not the exact book, but it is a amalgamation yeah. hybrid it's still, thing. It's still basically taking someone's creative work and... Yeah. Or the one like doing the, it. Um, the John Oliver video that he sent, Elizabeth, the uh, Getty Images one, where they actually recreated the watermark of Getty Images. Yes. <laughs> like, I think was oh, yeah. Picture. That's pretty damn. That's pretty <laughs> you know, it, did, it did like uh, a blurred, a very artifacted, you know, how these AI generators, they always kind of screw something up. One of the questions you asked, does it matter what the output is if the input was illegally grabbed? I don't get to make the laws, but I would say no. Unfortunately, if you put your stuff into the public domain, that does mean that anyone can use it for any reason. And that would include, you know, these types of things that maybe you didn't even know would exist when you when you put the thing into the public domain uh, but for for content that is like not explicitly in the public domain i do think it's incumbent on the people training the models they should be liable for the misappropriation of content that was not publicly made available yeah. right like by the original author yeah to your point if i stole a book and then i wrote a review about that book you would not be able to sue me for copyright infringement you would not be able to seek damages and the restitution of what they say are lost profits, according to the Business Insider article. No, I don't think anyone's not buying the book because... Let me finish my thought really quick. So yeah. if I wrote that review, but you could get me on the fact that I stole a book. I yes. Mean, that's, I did break the law. I stole the book. Yes. And if you're um, an individual, you go to jail. If you're a business, you, you have to give me $500. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that it's going to be very hard, I think, for them to seek damages on copyright infringement or lost profits just based on the fact that they illicitly got access to the books, I think. I don't think there's any precedent for that. Yeah, there's so much lawyer, of this is but... the fact that there is no precedent. How could there be precedent? <laughs> this is new. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, just in general, like, say if you had a, I don't know, bad example, but New York Times, like, writing tons of reviews, <laughs> they just stole every book that they ever wrote a review on. Like, it would be a very weird... I, it would, I just it don't would think increase would my respect for the New York Times, I'll yeah. tell you that much. There are some exceptions, right, in what fair use is, right, you know, yeah. for, for different things. So this... It's interesting because there are so many angles to talk about the ethics of AI with this is just, you know, one of money. But I think this is definitely another situation where the law hasn't caught up with the tech, because if you use software like this to write a review and a review is something that is an exception to the copyright law, to copyrighted material, or if you're using it to like, because like if you're, say you're creating like a YouTube video, you can show a clip if you're discussing it or doing a review, or I'm not a lawyer either. This is just like what I've read. Mm -hmm. But um, we pretend to be lawyers all the time on the show. It's fine. The ethics of what goes in, what is fed to the machine, the consent for that information, the content of that information. It is really serious. It, again, it was in that John Oliver piece. There was like a Twitter account that was like, feeding off of what was on Twitter. And then it just immediately yeah, became this immediately, like horribly. Yeah. That was, that was Facebook's uh, racist. Bot. Yeah. Yeah. This horribly racist Within thing. 24 right, hours, yeah. It was saying that Hitler was right. There's so much garbage to feed it, but there's an ethical way to proceed forward too. Cause there's a lot of possibility for yeah. AI. A thought that I had when I was reading these lawsuits for one, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They might settle. That might be the best outcome. But for two, I think this is actually going to, be worse 
for creators in the long run. Precedent isn't only about who won the case, it's also about who lost the case. So the precedent is going to continually get set that you can't pursue copyright infringement or lost profits based on XYZ. And it's just going to continue on that cycle, which is going to embolden the chat GPT, the open AIs of the world to continually abuse, you know, just scraping any, anything they can get because they can get anything. Because technically, you know, you're not recreating Mickey Mouse. You're, you know, generating something inspired by Mickey that's, Mouse because that's, uh, that's, that's what Mucky you fed in the machine. Okay. That's Mickey <laughs> Mouse. Here's... That's my... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so the other point, though, is what you were implying, Elizabeth, is the uh, the Twitter thing. So the reason that Facebook Twitter bot went racist is because it was being fed horrible information. Mm -hmm. So do we really want these bots to be only fed like shitty books like or books that because I'm sure the alt-right will feed open AI as much as they possibly want. <laughs> right. And and I know that, I mean, sorry, I was about to go off on a rant about, <laughs> about how the far right isn't a, a fan of uh, anyone needing to give consent before they legislate people's lives away. But, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, if we were to proceed in an ethical way, like if I made the laws have a consent model, would if they approached Sarah Silverman, would she have said, yeah, sure, use it? Maybe. The fact that the thought wasn't there to ask. I mean, there's a lot of like ground level fundamental issues about the ethics in the whole process mm -hmm. start to finish. I recently heard an interview with a science researcher who's using AI in medicine, advancing global health equity, doing a lot of really cool things with computational medicine and computational power, like processing speed is like, it's way, way, obviously way past the human brain. It's getting faster all the time. Um, mm -hmm. The possibilities Especially are incredible. For specific narrow tasks, yeah. Yeah, but if it's not intentionally built in an ethical way, not only with the information that's being put into it, but about who gets access to the benefits of it and all of those things down the line, then yeah, it, it could be really catastrophic because the potential yeah. for this technology is so huge. I don't know. I feel yeah. like we're at Which this is... point in history where we're experiencing an exponential leap that i'm not sure our human brains are quite ready for yeah <laughs> so again back to that john oliver bit about i don't think it was tesla but another ai driverless vehicle was more likely to hit a black person or a dark-skinned person than it was a white person because of the data that it was trained on is that really what we want and i know sarah silverman's bedwetter is not exactly the greatest novel of all time i think personally i would you? rather have an ai I mean, trained on more sarah silverman's bedwetter than Mein Kampf. <laughs> like, oh, no, of, of course. I mean, you know, like, and, and like, honestly, that example with the Tesla. We're going to blame Tesla even if it wasn't well, that. Well, racist perfect, data, you know, perpetuating <laughs> racist results Teslas is not a, are is racist, not a shock. Yes, yes. Uh, that trend, that history is very, very prevalent in uh, like medical technology. You know, there are pulse oximeters that they were calibrated for skin tones with less melanin. So they were not there are there are studies coming out all the time about how they're not accurate in patients with darker skin tones and it's led to deaths and that's just one case so yeah. the ethics on the, along the whole thing is is huge even something less dire i mean this permeates everything something even as simple as like the evolution of camera technology in the way oh, that man, i was you're stealing my thing i was gonna use yeah. that is it code Kodak, you probably, Kodak, you the probably, film, yeah, you go, the go film ahead, stock was I'm trained gonna on. It. I'm going to butcher it. No, no, you, you had it right. The, the, the Kodak, um, the white balance was uh, uh, trained on white models. So and that is that is something that camera technology is still trying. Like the the I mean, crayon used to have a so... flesh colored crayon. I mean, it's yeah. It's so like 
it, it has permeated like even digital camera technology like inherits the the flaws of that and it, it's something it that is. like is a big deal like even it's like a big deal when you get a, a phone camera that's able to accurately capture like, non white the training data based on copyright which i'm sorry copyright in in a lot of ways is is fairly archaic how we treat it especially in this country and if we limit that training data on things that are signed for releases and copyrighted data it, i mean it comes kind of brings me back to like streaming services in a very lame comparison but black sabbath the beatles and ACDC weren't on Spotify or Apple or anything for the longest time because they didn't have releases that were anywhere close to uh, being allowed to be played on streaming services. Again, back to if you're limiting your training set, then you're going to introduce more bias than if you had more of a broader training set. And these lawsuits are doing nothing but limiting the training set. I don't want to be uh, too pessimistic, but I think a lot of this stuff, I mean, Elizabeth, you, you made a really good point about the fact that Technology is, you know, more than ever, like with this stuff specifically, it's far outpacing, not just the laws of like our given jurisdictions, but we're getting so far out in front of what we're capable of doing. I think comparison to like nuclear weapons is probably premature, but you know, I don't know. I, get, uh, I, wouldn't, I would say it's even worse than that because at least... Oppenheimer and at least a lot of these scientists knew what the hell they were doing. Well, I don't know. You asked like an engineer, my... well... you asked an engineer about... Um, open AI, like how, how does ChatGPT work? And they don't even know. One of my favorite Oppenheimer bits, though, is the fact that he was like, yeah, there's probably a 20% chance it'll cause a chain reaction, ignite the entire atmosphere, and kill all life on, uh, on Earth. Well, I Fuck mean, it, send it. 100% confident. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know this is hack and cliche, but the Jeff Goldblum line from Jurassic Park mm -hmm. has been flying well, through my head the way. nonstop. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that they were so concerned with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think oh, if they should. Yep. Well, Nailed I, it. My face. I guess I don't understand why the, I've never understood this, why what seems to be the predominant, at least in America, you know, uh, in my experience, the predominant thing seems to be that so many disciplines for a long time are very siloed, as if things don't affect each other, which is absurd. Mm -hmm. So it is, mm -hmm. it makes no sense to me to, to have a thought process where you're like, I'm going to create this thing with no thought about the impact, the ripple effects, all of it. And I think with the, I was just recently listening to a series about about Oppenheimer and the whole development of nuclear weapons, and they knew the science of how to create the weapon, but the implications of what that meant, or what, sure. or the potential of something like radiation sickness, mm -hmm. or the the horrific stuff stuff that happened in Hiroshima I mean, Oppenheimer and Nagasaki. Was a, it's a staunch socialist. Yes. Like, uh, Oh yeah, no. I think he. No, he, he it sounds he, more like he was a capitalist at heart. Out. He did it for the well, for the money. The notoriety was fine with him, I think, mm -hmm. at some point after mm -hmm. the fact, right? And then, but he, yeah, he did get caught up pretty hard in the McCarthy era. But you know, yeah, humble people don't oh. generally like like try to compare themselves to the, the Hindu gods of destruction. <laughs> in my experience. Well, Elizabeth, exactly what you just said though earlier in the episode though it's like the the poison of capitalism, you know. That's why they have to, you have to shut everything off. Even like Charles Darwin, for instance, um, the only reason he published on the origin of species when it was published, because he notoriously worked on that for a, a decade or more. The reason he published it is because there was a threat. His publisher was saying, this other scientist is about to publish something. He's like, oh shit, mm -hmm. I got I to gotta get out now. You know, it's like, we're not a community lifting each other. There's no altruistic means of like, oh, oh let's, let's all work together. It's like, I got to get my shit because I got to get my bag. Because in Darwin's example, I owe my publisher the equivalent of 
$10 million of today's money because, you know, he invested in this research and I went to the Galapagos and I don't know if you guys know, but back in the late 19th century, it wasn't exactly cheap to get to the Galapagos. They had had birds there, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman's bag getter. That's the sequel that I, (laughs) but nonetheless, it was like, yeah, you, you have to be motivated by paying back your loans or getting whatever you need to get and you've got to shut off the world and do it. Yeah. So you don't die. I think the other thing that's so frustrating, maybe one of the most fundamental things that's so frustrating about what we were talking about before, like, especially in America, you scratch the surface of literally anything and it is appalling racism underneath. So like, and that goes hand in hand with this capitalism and the patriarchy. Let me just get all up on my soapbox. Yeah, but I guess the thing that's so frustrating is that it's not we're as sorry. if they're... What? No. <laughs> well, we're, so- three, we're just three sorry. Three guys. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> no. I appreciate the allyship. Um, no, but I never, um, I never did anything wrong. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> Who are you, my uncle? Uh, no, uh, uh, it's not as if the perspectives and the thoughts weren't there to go different directions. It's not even a gendered thing. Like if we talk about like indigenous communities or like or or, or people doing work, having having entire ways of existing on the planet that were not the predominant way that things have gone, especially like in the Western world and all of these oppressive systems, especially when I think about climate change and all of the really dire stuff we're facing now, like, obviously, this is going to sound so stupid, but we've never been at this point in history before. And thinking about all of the potential, there were people, I'm sure, thinking of incredible things that just didn't surface to the top, or maybe they're still unknown. And it's frustrating that the predominant thing is so based in all of this shit that really shouldn't matter, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. One of the one of the things I think about a lot is that the best author, the best scientist, the best musician in the world, they would be able to create things that, that nobody could ever dream of that would be extremely beneficial or moving. They'll probably never get a chance to do any of that because they're stuck in a grind where, you know, they, they're probably, you know, bagging groceries. They're probably, which is not to diminish the, the value of, uh, or the, the, uh, any person who works a, a service job or anything, but it's it's just to say that the system that we live under, you know, nobody nobody wants that to be their entire life, and and the system that we're we're under is just whatever you're born into, whatever arbitrary, you know, what, whatever the preeminent culture has decided uh, are the the traits that allow you to be successful, that allow you to join the club, that give you higher status that generally you're born into them that's what determines who gets to uh who gets to succeed who gets to put their stuff out there one of my favorite games to play is you look at any relatively popular musician or whatever even indie band people and you just go to their wikipedia and you see if their uh, their parents names uh, are highlighted and they link to their own wikipedia articles uh it's it's very very common that, that is a game i play as well yeah. Interesting. there's actually very- a tiktoker that focuses on musicians and that exact thing especially yeah. I love the surprise ones, like like the Beastie Boys, for instance. One it's of their weird. It's members. like it's like if you give people the space to like create. It's it's almost yeah. like uh, it's not just like this intrinsic thing. It's it's almost like everybody has it, and it's only the people that uh, are given the space to to create something that actually yeah. create things. Yeah, but uh, you, the easy ones are like everyone accuses. I don't know, New Kids on the Block or Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or something like that. But it's always these like punk bands or you know indie or outsider you know music. And it ends up their mom is on the board of Capitol Records or something. You know, it's like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? Drew, though, to your point, that's the whole... Can I swear on this podcast? Oh, uh-huh. fuck yeah. All okay. Day. All right. Um, that's the fuck whole fucked yeah. up thing. Uh, I probably already swore and it just occurred to me to ask. So right. that's where, yeah. But um, about 
privilege and marginalization and then often like compounding marginalization, right? It's harder and harder and harder the more compounding marginalizations a person has to break out of that. And again, so much of that is held up by capitalism. It would be amazing, for example, if we could get the money out of politics and have people legislating who were elected on merit and not the most fundraising. My parents will be like, why did they do that? As if they have some sort of like ethical compass. And I'm like, listen, ask yourself if this thing that seems incongruous to you helps them maintain their wealth, power, or privilege. And that's the answer. And it's gross. And it trickles yeah. down to the whole... It's very, it's very similar to just like the whole voting on each law or proposed law, you know, by its own merit. But instead, they have to like shoehorn all these other laws in to, again, maintain their wealth or power or privilege. You know, it's the same thing. I think that a lot of people kind of, of course, with like 2016 and everything, like the, the framing definitely changed in terms of like how people interact with politics, how people think about it. But I think one of the, the mistakes that people make is thinking that, you know, it was it was at that point that everything like got bad, right? As opposed to um, yeah. that's just when the wheels kind of started to come off a little bit, when, you know, people started to do away with like all of the posturing that was required before then to kind of like dress things up in a certain way so you're you're now able to say the the quiet parts out loud a lot more often and of course like we live in depending on who you are like we live in a very different country person to person but over just speaking in, in generalities like like the overall sense of like trust that you have in like any random person like it's going down like the we the the, the we're like the, the we're becoming a lower and yeah. a lower and lower trust society right and so like people are starting to get a lot angrier things are becoming a lot more one-dimensional because there is a sense of like an increase it's always been increasing but we're reaching kind of like some some boiling points um it's a, there's this is a constant increase in in aggression in this march towards kind of just like ripping all of the copper piping out of the system and like all of these things pleasantries and things they start to go away and so people and, and i think that's one of the things that kind of like really bothered me after biden got elected was people being like oh great everything's back to normal now no 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 like it's it's literally like do you not the eight years before the big guy got in there like there was, was obama right it's like there some the thing, the system itself is is obviously busted, right? It's mm -hmm. it's the, the, these these are just manifestations of a of a fundamentally broken system. Well, it did go back to normal. Well, for, know, for and, you know sub certain suburbanites, they were able to stop paying. No, attention. that's not what I mean. I mean, it, it went back to normal where everything was not thrown up on Twitter. You know, it went back to being more secret of the things that they were trying to do. That, you yeah, know? I mean, if that's, that, that, as long that as you normal. acknowledge normal. That, that's is, the normal. Is like, that's the normal. like, I mean, I mean, honestly, I, you know, I was obviously no fan of Trump, but it was kind of nice that he just threw all of this shit out there. You know, we, the I know, strap analogy. I know it was all bullshit and kind of no, like, but part of it, part of, part of it, one of the, but, like the quote unquote, like positives of it was certainly like people got more involved in politics, right? Like people yeah. like, in opposition of that. And he lifted right? like, the people, veil. Honestly, see, I yeah, don't. He was a, no, a sleeper agent. He's I a think, double agent. He's actually. Yeah. I think he's Bernie actually was, a was the reason, as far as like on the left, anything on the left. I think Bernie excited people. The yeah. Trump he's people who got it, involved yeah, in politics because of Trump are not involved in politics. They're just, they're just not. They're just, they don't watch the news. They're involved it, in Trump, the celebrity. It's a That's rabid it. cult that yeah. worships violence. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like, like a death cult for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. like it's 
100%. I wouldn't call them involved in politics, though. No, yeah, but they're really involved in, yeah. in, in facts aren't real and, you know, dismantling all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's true, though, like, if people just started paying attention in 2016, like, yeah, that's the wrong thing. Things have been messed up for yeah. a lot of people <laughs> for a if, long time. But at the same time, like, I do think Trump, the exciting the proletariat, I mean, I, I think everybody on the left should be taking notes. But at the same time, no. I always go back, I think it was an NPR interviewer and he did like a man on the street kind of thing it was during the 2016 election and uh, or primaries and he interviewed a bunch of people exiting a union organization like uh, a union meeting i i don't even know what union it was i don't know the steel workers or uaw or whatever and he interviewed everyone coming out and every single one of those guys came out and said i'm either going to vote for bernie or trump because they're the only two candidates that are talking about trade. Those two candidates were exciting the proletariat, like the actual working class. Because they, they offered something different in one direction or mm -hmm. the other. Because um, mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, you guys got a raw deal with NAFTA. You guys got a raw deal. Yeah. Did Donald Trump do anything about that? Absolutely no, not. Of course not. Was, <laughs> would he ever do anything with it? No, because he, no. <laughs> no. So, but, but that is, and like people talk about like it a lot. It, I think it, it absolutely is is worthy of like the dictionary definition, like fascist label, right? Like you kind of yeah. appeal to those mm -hmm. more like yeah, um, fascists did the same thing. They they right, where it's like you're like no, yeah. like these the, these people are screwing you, and it's like that's you're right, they are screwing you. What are we gonna do about it? And then like the Bernie Sanders, like we're gonna give people free health, we're gonna make sure that healthcare is like a human right, and we're gonna like uh, make sure that like my, my we're gonna I have build a, a wall. The Bernie the Bernie T-shirt <laughs> that I have, which is like this is like and this is the thing that really like sold me on Bernie is is, is this idea of like are you willing to make a sacrifice for somebody you don't know just by virtue of them being like a human being that's like worthy of dignity and respect. And, and then the Donald Trump thing is like, what are we gonna do about these people screwing? you we're probably going to give him a tax cut but uh maybe we can just like be more mad about just like any given brown person the crucial difference there i mean among many is the existence or uh, lack there of empathy right yeah. yeah i mean if you're donald trump and you're someone who is entirely lizard brain i mean he's very shrewd in some ways but he is i don't think sure. a smart man at all he has, no, his, his instincts about like what the the crowd wants are pretty solid oh yeah that's he's it. a he's appealing to people who want to say those same things and that's i think one of the most disheartening things i mean we had a clearly a clearly like super dangerous and incompetent monster who <laughs> is just you know at every turn an embarrassment sure. endangering people whatever the people's clapping and screaming and cheering in the crowds are the most disturbing part because if he if he was just a person on a street corner saying that to six people and no one ever stood up and gave him any sort of legitimacy mm -hmm. it's not that our system wouldn't still be in need of a lot of work i mean like i don't know honestly like for a long time now, it's just been progressive candidates only for me, you know, mm -hmm. because they're the only people mm -hmm. in there who are actually like, again, functioning with empathy at the core of why you're in public service, not using it as but a money some sort grab. of a vision, some some sort of a vision that, that goes beyond we're just going to keep funneling money and power upwards. Yeah. Some sort of, some sort and, of a, pres and, a prescription for what, what are we going to do? And of course, the structure we have now is absolutely fine with socialism for the most wealthy. Okay. Yeah, they have no. it. Yeah. yeah. We live in a socialist country if you make over, you know, $300,000 a year. Or if you're in the uh, the army, you know, which we everybody, they conveniently oh, oh, yeah. forget I that have, that's like... <laughs> I've, 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 I
join the army they're they're very poor for a lot of people that's like the only path that a lot of people can really see they have health care yeah they've got uh well, my know, father-in-law that's what he joined yeah absolutely yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and 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 so and that's the funniest thing to me in the world where it's like wow you you want people to like the funniest thing to me and i'm a little bit of a tangent but it's the, the funniest argument is like oh you want socialist health care so you want to like force doctors into slave labor are you <laughs> are you high yeah, this is like, what do you think the fire department is? What do you think the police department? What do you think the military? Insane. Listen, Drew, Insane. I Folks. do think you should get your government hands off my Medicare. Is absolutely. I love I love the medic, Medicare Incorporated. Stop socialism. Keep my social security. But this is but this just goes to show you that like the our education system sucking a total ass is a feature, not yeah. a bug. Oh. My mom taught public school elementary for 30 years, and I don't feel very strongly about public education. And for a really long time, there's been this intentional dismantling of the public education system. Even the public education system that we had had when it was more supported was still teaching a very curated, very um, wrong in a lot of ways version of history of this country. Like the amount of stuff we're all having to unlearn as adults is a crime <laughs> you know what i mean and it perpetuates things into you further mean, generations you mean right seven cool white guys <laughs> you mean, like, you mean, oddly no you mean, oddly you know. mean christopher it, columbus was a champion of he was human rights. a powerful beautiful i mean it, it, yeah it's it's what i think it's two things with, with the education because you because you're right and it's it's twofold like one is how can we make more money off of teaching and two is how can we have the most ignorant populace possible. Because when you have an entire country who lacks, I'm not saying the entire country does, obviously, but we have more and more people who lack critical thinking. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, But when you have more and more people who are like, not only do they lack critical thinking skills, but malign critical thinking. It's not interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's none of my business. The, the anti, you know, like, yep. mm-hmm. and it's not even. I think sometimes people don't engage with certain things because they're like, well, you know, I don't. There's no reason to like gatekeep these types of arguments, right? Like, because I, I know people are like, I don't want to talk about politics because I don't feel like educated enough in it. It's not even that. It's about just these very fundamental, like you were saying early earlier, Drew. Do you actually care about other people? Do you see other people right. as people? Period. Right. Do you or do you not? That's right. Like, like the, when people talk about po- like half the time when people say politics, it's not that you don't want to talk about politics. Like you, your perception of politics is just what's on MSNBC. Like that's mm-hmm. not like politics as a politics is just who has power, basically. And everybody should be involved in that because you're people and the people you care about are people. Uh, and if you don't care about it, other people that might not have the best interest of you or the people you care about, or uh, if you are like a, a person with like a heart, uh, just like general humanity, they will suffer for it. And, and for, sorry, like you're, you, you're born and you're a person, you're around, so you can get in the game or you can just like forfeit. I mean, it but affects but, you but it, whether you want it yeah. to or not, but your yeah. level of privilege gives, I mean, there, you know, a lot of, it insulates you certainly just the ability to look away. It's awful. And I think a lot of, you know, but anyway, this, I could this, go on about so much of people. our like so much of our like society is like designed around helping people look away or feeling like they yeah. can post something on social media yeah. and they've done their time. Those are the same people that will 
complain about the price of food at the grocery store or whatever, you know, gas price, whatever it is, you know, like whatever affects them and not associate that with the people in power and what have you. It's also wild, too, to think at what point does whatever Fox News talking point matter more to you than the fact that we have all these mass shootings and nothing's done about it? You know what I mean? At what point? Like, I mean, that's just one tiny example. It's not a tiny example. It's a huge fucking problem. But Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand how people can look away from the fact that very clear Christo fascism, super on the rise, and they can be like, oh, no, but I'm still voting for them because whatever manufactured reason, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's indefensible. I just, I just believe that. I just believe that there is like these extremely weird, latent kind of vibes that people. Get. I mean, I think obviously there's there's not just one reason, but a big one for like more secular, quote unquote, like conservative, like right wing people. Despite the fact that they're not really thinking it through, they're certainly being like influenced by the evangelical kind of kind of stuff for whatever reason, even if it can be packaged in kind of a more secular way. Is I will be a billionaire one day. Like one day, yes, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting uh, stepped on right now. One day it will be me who's doing the stepping and it's like that is just such a there's a steinbeck line i'm gonna get this wrong but it's basically if you ask any american that they're just temporarily embarrassed millionaires yeah yeah Yeah. they're millionaires and waiting basically going back to what you were saying drew about like you know people being into politics whenever i hear somebody say that they're not into politics it always reminds me of this one quote Uh, i don't know who said it i mean i pulled it up again just to try and find who originally said it, but it's posted by the DSA LA and it's like, you're just not that into politics. It's like, well, your boss is, your landlord is. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm surprised you to know. Is, and everything that you're complaining about, right, or upset about, or mm-hmm. being, you know, squashed by. Those people are into politics. This is something, <laughs> but this not, is something. What, exactly what you said is they are not in there to have your best interests in mind people so you I feel really like gotta that, like people know that i think up. instinctually on some level people i think instinctually know that there there are forces that are like responsible for um the situations that that they're in even if they won't name them but i I think a lot of the, the ignorance is actually willful. And I, I thinking about the QAnon type things, which is basically like an ARG where everyone is just kind of like LARPing. It's hard to take them seriously until like, yeah, one of them like kills somebody because it's so absurd, right? And you see like these conspiracy theories about, oh, you know, like the, the Nazis, they have a secret moon base or whatever. And, it, and then you couple that with the over oh, like extremely like, like weirdly animated readings of the book of revelation or something. And like all of these things connect together in these like really weird ways. And half of it, I feel like is, is easy for people to like get involved in because the problems that we face are massive, but you could theoretically do something about them through organizing. Like there is work that you could put in that could, could make those things better. But the challenge of that, I think is, is too much. Nobody wants to work anymore, Drew. (laughs) We got to get people back into the into the socialist offices. So the people will like invent these extremely, absolutely like these like spiritual tapestries of like to like understand reality that where everything can be true at once and there's like demons fighting angels. That way they can't do anything about it. That they can like still talk about it and they can still be really upset about it and they can still kind of like feel. But th- th- there's no work for that to be done. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all existential. It's it's, it's yeah. too big. Yeah. It's also a very convenient self righteous fuel. 
yeah. like yeah. I, I am right this is ordained by a greater power there's that God says i'm right i'm basically an atheist but my mom isn't and from what i understand sure. jesus was a kind socialist person as a, as a historical thousand figure percent. right a thousand so percent. so and and also not white uh yeah so um that's a big but, a lot of people right. have trouble with that one the far right Christian nationalist movement right now co-opts all of that tolerance, loving your neighbor, all of those tenants go right out the window and it's used as a cudgel instead. And and I think you're, you're saying something that reminded me of there was a documentary about I, I flat earthers, I think, not hollow earthers, but flat earthers. And there was a scientist not like each other. <laughs> I can imagine the conventions are pretty rough. There was a scientist who was essentially had a very like kind view and was just like, essentially, they're just like, imagine if they applied all of this energy, all of this research that they're doing, all of this, they're because they're trying to do like critical thought and finding they're things. They're like walking but, backwards into the, the scientific method. just <laughs> went in this direction yeah. that's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, so, but if it could be applied for good, you know, I mean, but yeah, so obviously there's... There's a total horseshit, but well, no, because like, <laughs> and that's what that's what makes me so sad about everything is it's like if you just zoom out for a second, like even just like looking beyond like the the current moment or whatever, just like there's seven billion people on the planet, and the way that I view human beings is that we're all pretty capable. Like the, the I I think that the ceiling and the floor of like human potential is extremely close together. More than anything else, is about the environment and the, the opportunity, like. The, you know, like the space that you have to do things, how much information you have access to and, and how much you're given the space to essentially act on those things and like how much potential that is. But because of the fact that there's like, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people that need bigger and bigger yachts every year. Like, no, no we can't have any of that. No, we need to optimize so that this shirt costs $17. And unfortunately, yes, that does mean an Indonesian child will only live to see 29 years old. Well, and setting up all these systems to keep people pitted against each other when when in reality, I mean, I I guess I'm not talking about like the the irretrievable, horrific bigots, but but in general, like people of a, a similar economic class will have more in common with each other right than mm -hmm. than billionaires just just by circumstance you're right the 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 potential that's wasted is yeah um, really you have to set up the system though all you have to do is just restrict the resources and let it'll it go. work itself out yeah are, yeah are you, they... you, if you set a bunch of rats in a cage doesn't matter what color the rats are but you only give them you one piece singing? of cheese and there's 10 rats there's something something fun's gonna happen for I sure. will say though that one rat would say, "Why don't we share the cheese?" Divide the cheese. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> Some rats I, might decide that. Well, and the other cheese, rats are the cheese just is fuck actually over the, other the cheese rats, is though. actually too yeah. small to share. I, I would um, say. So I, what, what's really going to happen is the is some of them are going to share the other rats. I would, I would, um, I, if I was a rat, and maybe this is tipping my hand too much, I would say, "Hey, other rats, um, you see that guy in the white lab coat? We should fucking kill that guy because he has." all the cheese and he's like withholding it for no goddamn reason and uh, then you oh, would be a conspiracy theorist and everybody would be like ah, right no, so well, so can't, i don't even the, i don't even know what white the, white lab coat i don't know what he's talking about what is a lab coat no that's the class god thing actually is so, either like, talking about the class thing is so fascinating because like <laughs> because you're right like it, everybody in like that's like the history like the history of the world is the history of class warfare a thousand percent throughout history like there's always ways that people have been able to keep 
people from developing that sort of consciousness that, oh, wait a minute, we make up the vast majority of like, not not to be too much of a class reductionist, but like we're doing this on the behalf of these people, essentially. And so if we organize, if we pool our talents, like we don't really need, and we don't have to kill them. Like it doesn't have to be violent, but it's like, we, <laughs> it, just it often is. It, le- it, often, it often is because they will try to defend the status quo violently. The, or their uh, life in this instance, because they're just working in a lab. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to extend the metaphor too far, but it's like right. And right now, what it really feels like is the the way that like you're prevented from developing class consciousness is to atomize people. Like, and that's really yeah. easy to do with the internet. Um, and I'm not saying it's like an explicit top down cabal type thing. I think all of this stuff happens kind of organically. And yes, uh, class yes. The, the the upper class, their interests are able to align because they don't have to fight all day. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you know, you you have two, like, real methods beyond just the general atomization where people can't really talk to each other at all, which is that, like, you have the carrot of don't you want to be a millionaire? Don't you want to be, you know, get that promotion? Don't you want to go to the next thing? And the stick of, like, you do you want to be the person that's delivering the food to you today? And then for the DoorDash drivers, for the Uber drivers, it's do you want to be homeless? Mm-hmm. And so you, you give people something to lose because like right now, income inequality is, is much higher than it was even right before the French Revolution. But we're not nearly to that point of like boiling over to like that sort of like some sort of massive like revolution because people have something to lose. And uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah. To bring this back to AI, actually, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, I think a lot about about this, like the human brain hasn't really changed fundamentally in a, in a very long time, right? Like we're operating mm-hmm. with the same brain that people who went through the bubonic plague had. But there were always, you have to imagine that just like there are people who are like, discussing all the possibilities there were people back then too and i feel like we're at this point again with a huge advance and we're talking about all these problems all of these systemic things that yes can be helped and fixed if there was like a will and people organizing to do it which there are but the things we're battling against are so entrenched and so powerful we're at this precipice of a new thing that in the future will be everywhere dictating everything Mm -hmm proceeding ethically and responsibly now in every facet i just feel like there's not i don't know i mean the the, the motivations are still capitalist it's gonna it's gonna get a yeah. lot worse that's that's yeah. actually any better which yeah, is the terrifying part that's actually what makes me kind of upset about the whole ai thing in general is that even in its early stages you could see really like massive benefits mm-hmm. for it to do good but all it's being used for is capitalist nonsense yeah let's replace the the copywriters Re- replace, let's replace the jobs the replace like you know yep. there's that one article you one of you sent about you know re- the ceo replacing 90 percent of his support staff you know it's just like yep. instead Call centers. Of, yeah instead of like doing good things Do with it it's, it's all about just need... making more profit that's all it is and it's just it's, I, I will offer a tiny ray of, of sunshine though because i was feeling similarly bad and wondering how long it was going to take to end up in battlestar galactica when they gain sentience and just like try to destroy us at least in medicine there are some people working in a very ethical way to do some very cool things uh, developments that are happening super fast being able to map the genetics of a cancerous brain tumor in like 90 seconds like there Mm -hmm. was some story recently about a a woman who ai helped model a prediction that she would be diagnosed with breast cancer in four years 
finding out that she could early. afford to get the surgery. I'm saying, so. listen, it's all intertwined, right? The, and and the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the rivulets, the branches. I got a great me uh, that she I, might be able to. Oh, God, I don't even get ask, started I, on, on how. I yeah. have to ask, though, was, was, was she doing that, like, on her own? I don't know all of the context. I, I heard about that secondhand from a friend uh, who read the article, I, I, but, yeah. If she wasn't, then it's it's obviously being, you know, funded by something or someone who Bill is Gage. eventually going to want to turn a profit on that. Yeah. So it's, you so, know, I'm not saying that it's not helping for good, but it's still going to end up being like, okay, they, they found out like the, the breast cancer thing. It's like, they'll mar- they'll start marketing that to find out if you're going to have breast cancer in 10 years for 10 grand. Your insurance won't cover this test. Yeah, but... exactly. It's going to, it's going to come back. Like that's I not mean, the thing that sucks. I didn't say that because I thought it might be too gloomy, but in terms of like all these lawsuits and stuff, the advancements with large language models and transformer models more broadly in the open source space. Okay, yes, you can sue OpenAI, you can sue, I don't know, uh, Cohere, you can sue any of these other like large language model companies. But the tech is moving so fast and it's getting into the hands of so many people that anybody will be able to build it. It's, it's the same type of fear that like we haven't even had time like on the deep fake stuff to like even see where that shit's going to go. Yeah. Like. People, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. This is, this ten, is... ten years from now, you you will be able to do this the type of shit that OpenAI is doing with their fifty million dollar data centers on yeah. your phone. This so is like, back to back to the whole like if you're scraping a bunch of free books illegally, it's like who cares? Because someone else is just going to do it. And no. I know that's kind of defeatist, right? Open, it, it's kind of yes. defeatist, but it's like it's kind of it's, it is a little bit bad. defeatist. But it's like bag. I don't I and I for me it's just hard, and I don't want to want to be like you know whatever. But it's like I would I'm I'm like. That's a lost cause to me at this yeah, point. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not saying like, yes, if, if people like, I'm not saying don't like, like pursue damages, like, sure, fine, do it. Yes. Yeah. And I will support it and I'll do whatever. The reality of the situation is that, that we did just hit a quantum leap in uh, like the computational power, or in, at least in, in, in terms of our ability to use it effectively, the computational power we already have. We've already had a, a massive gold rush on this stuff and it's going to keep going and it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. NVIDIA, like, all, like NVIDIA's stock just like quadrupled and it's like, all of like the capital that we have that was pooled in crypto bullshit, that's all going to pool around something that can actually make things worse or better. I mean, it'll be worse, but or you know, theoretically better in, in a better world. Um, and so it's we don't we don't it's gonna like I'm not even making it, it's insane. It's gonna get crazy. The one thing that I will say that is somewhat optimistic in terms of like an actual game it out of where it gets worse and then it potentially gets better is okay. So yeah. Replace all the jobs with AI. Um, who's going to buy your shit? Because nobody has any money anymore. Yeah. Because there's no jobs. Yeah. So that's one of those examples of like just eating itself. You can't and have a universal basic income, though, Drew. You can't have it. <laughs> can't have it. You can't have it. No. You can't no. have it. I'm I because I'm I'm obviously UBI is better than this bullshit that we have now. I'm all for it. I do think sometimes the pessimistic side of me is like, oh, that's just kind of like a band aid, and then they'll just continue to kind of do whatever they want, and it'll get worse or whatever. But it could get uh, wor- yeah, it could go back to feudalism though. I mean, it could could go backwards. That's fine. Honestly, I'll it's work. Yeah, that's that's fine. Like, I, no one needs to buy anything because they all work for my you know my town, my company town, and they. They pay in monopoly dollars to, you know, to continue, I don't know, yeah, shoveling dirt. That's kind of what we already have, Randy. <laughs> I was just going to say, Randy, the gig is that, that what's already Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> it can get worse as long as it gets sillier Okay, in, in equal All measure. Right. Yeah. Well, Mr. Beast, he started his uh, little company town, so. I'm joining, I'm joining up. 
I mean, I feel like I'm so I'm naturally, uh, Randy, this will shock you. I'm naturally a glass half empty type of gal. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but I have to maintain some ray of hope that even though, <laughs> honestly, do I think that this is going to be very gloomy. Do I think that the good and the empathetic and the altruistic is going to ultimately win out at the end of the day over all of the other forces that are there? I feel like it would be naive to think that, but I have to have hope that it will exist and persist in some ways as it has throughout history. And I hope that that is a force that can grow and again, it comes back to access and capitalism as well, because it, it, which is why I was encouraged to hear that there are some like some scientists, who, researchers who are working on trying to not only advance global health equity but democratize the tech so that you get more people who mm-hmm. may not have access to a lab but can come up with amazing things because they're able to access it more easily. But I do think you're right, like the the. The cat's out of the bag, and unfortunately, humanity has a lot of wonderful things and a lot of truly gruesome things. <laughs> and I, r- and unfortunately, r- I think we're going to see both. All right, episode forty. <laughs> really good In the bag. <laughs> yeah, really um, good. Thank yeah, you for thank you, thank so you for much. having me on the the show. This was really this yeah. was really yeah, nice. We'd love I to have didn't you back. Know what I could offer, uh, but that was a fun conversation. We we always open up to uh, to our guests. If you have any shout outs, any any URLs, any anything that you want. I don't have anything to plug for me, but what I at the moment, I it, maybe if you have me on again, I will I will have something in the future. But I will say, support your local drag performers and don't let anybody dull your shine. Seriously, I know that sounds stupid, but we are in this fucking oppressive 2D-ass world, and we are 3D people. I haven't even had anything to drink. There, I said it. Okay. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. So, yeah, uh, episode 40, uh, Watch This Drive, we have a voicemail at uh, com slash voicemail. Leave us a voicemail, and we will cover it. And uh, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at we do crime. We love you. So we have to protect our genius. We're not selling anybody's data. Now watch this drive.